Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it shot. Oh, baby, what a play. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place for the show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the divisional win against the Los Angeles Chargers and preview Sunday's game versus the Denver Broncos. But mostly, Joe, you were at the Chargers-Chiefs game. It was Chiefs alumni weekend. What was that experience like? Who did you see? Oh, Jeff, it, it is always so awesome getting back to Kansas City. I, you know, we brought our family this time. We recreated a picture that my daughters uh, and I took with my wife, you know, 23 years ago. That was uh, so on, cool. On, on the field at Arrowhead, we'd all, well, I wasn't going to be holding anybody. Let's just put it that way. At this point <laughs> in my life. Uh, we recreated it as best we could. Um, but I did, I was like squatting and I, it took me a little while to get back up after doing that picture. But uh, in all seriousness, we had a blast and, and we got to do that. And, you know, Mike Davidson, the Chiefs historian, former equipment manager, came over with Marty from the Browns, was, you know, one of the best equipment managers in the league. He gave us uh, another great tour of, with my family of the stadium and took us into some places to see that was just really, uh, you know, really my family just so enjoyed and we were so honored to, to get to do that. We did that tour with some family of Dana News and J.C. Pearson. Oh, cool. uh, defensive back. So yeah, we had a lot of back and forth going uh, during the tour with some of the, the the friends and family that were there taking the tour, and it was uh, it was it was really really a blast. And Mike is such a wonderful host and uh, just knows so much about that team, and he's so proud to be to be part of the organization and and, and tells us things about the Hunt family that uh, you know we learn something new every time we're with them. So yeah, so that's how we started out on Saturday. We had some great barbecue. Uh, you know, we got to watch, uh, we got to hang out with some players at, at a top golf and swing some golf clubs around. Will Shields hosted a, an event, you know, first ballot hall of famer right there. Um, and it was a blast. And then we got to, uh, watch the, watch the Phillies win, uh, you know, from KC power and light, which is a, which is such a great area. Oh, did you watch it on like the big screen there outside? Watched on the big screen oh, outside cool. while we had dinner. It was great. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was such a it was just such a cool day. And we uh, you know Sunday was the game. We uh, we got a chance to hang out with Eric Stone Street again and meet meet some of his great family, which was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, it was so cool. We got to meet his mom and his sister. And, and, and he was so accommodating and took pictures with the girls and showed them the, the, the two touchdown pictures he has of me with him in the end zone, you know, in the background. Um, he loves that. He loves telling that story about him being in, in the background of those pictures um, in the nice. stands here. And, and uh, he, he's such a great guy. And um, he was so, just so sweet to my daughters and, and Jen and, and his uh, his wife got to got to hang out a little bit and 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 it was just it was it was it was really really neat um, and then and then Dante Hall going into the Hall of Fame I mean the Chiefs Hall of Fame just the X factor man the guy was amazing what a story if you if you know for listeners who don't know it go go listen to his story you know grew up in Hoboken you know he, his um, 
his mom's total inspiration, had people in tears talking about her as an inspiration and all the coaches that helped get him to where he is. He was awesome. He was awesome. I, I was so proud to have been a part of, of that and getting to see that uh, and to hear him. What, what a great guy. Dick Vermeil was unbelievable. Gave a video speech because uh, he wasn't there in person. Um, yeah, just it was it was. And then the, and then the win and then the win and then and then the Eagles. And then we watched the Eagles game, Jeff. We went back to KC Power and Light and watched the Eagles game on the big screen again. And, yeah. and watched them on the big screen, watched them beat up on Miami, which was great for us. Right. In the, in the and as a result, now they're the two undefeated teams. Uh, yeah. Chiefs and the Eagles. Just like yeah. just like last year, we could be uh, headed toward another Joe Valerio Bowl. Uh, Joey, yes. oh, well, I think it's called the Kelsey Bowl, actually. Kelsey, think you think that? Yeah. Especially now, Kelsey. Before you could say the Kelsey or Joe Valerio Bowl, I feel Kelsey's <laughs> fame has, has maybe jumped a couple levels over Joe Valerio uh, of, of, of late. Just a, just a tad. Well, especially since it'll be called the Kelsey Swift Bowl. Because oh, right. Jason Kelsey has a Swift. DeAndre. Kelsey has a Swift. Love it. So, Love it. We'll be the Well, we'll – We'll put a pin in that in case that yeah. <laughs> happens. Uh, Joe, I also want to encourage listeners. Yeah, Dante Hall not only has a great story to tell how he was um, uh, built himself into somebody who would be inducted into the Chiefs Ring of Honor, but uh, also go go check out his clips on YouTube. If 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 listeners don't remember or are of a certain age, he was like a, I mean, he was called a human joystick for a reason. His moves and jukes on returns were something to watch. Joe, I, I want to hear more about uh, Will Shields' top golf event. I mean, you get a bunch of former uh, NFL players out there. I, I assume it was pretty competitive. It, you know, listen, NFL players that compete, you know, Joe Montana and, and Dwight Clark used to, they used to compete on, on raindrops dripping down the, the window of their dorm room when they were staying in training <laughs> camp. So, yeah, NFL players will compete on everything. So, got to hang out with Will. J.J. Burden was there, Steve DeBerg, um, uh, um, Stefan Page. First time I'd seen oh, Stefan yeah. in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, he was there. I hadn't seen Brian Barker, our punter, for for the first my first uh, three years that I long snapped to. Um, got to see Brian. I, I went up and I joked with him. Of course, I knew who he was, but I went up to him and I said, uh, I said, Brian Barker, right? I, I didn't recognize you looking upside down through my legs. So oh, a good long snapping um, joke. I like that. I like good that. Long, good dad long snapping joke. But he <laughs> um, he got a kick out of that. But it was great to see him. And of course, we had my two punters were there. Louis Louis Aguiar was always there. I mean, God, I could go on and on and on for days about about the players who were there and, and the great friendships that that get rekindled whenever you know everybody gets together. And it's just uh, you know the Hunt family, man. They just do everything right. They just know how to do things right. And you'd be so surprised, Jeff, at how many meeting players over the years who didn't play in Kansas city and played elsewhere, you know, would tell you that no, nobody has an ambassador group and an alumni group like the chiefs. Mm -hmm. And it's all, I, I, I give it all the credit to Lamar hunt mm -hmm. and his family, you know, and how they've kept that alive throughout the years, having the ambassador group, bringing alums back, making them feel part of the family, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a it's a it's a really really special day, and you know that place is rocking, and you know I'm so happy to see in Kansas City, just you know really relishing in 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 what's going on um, with this organization right now, and, and how good this team is and has been for you know for a while. 
I have two important questions. Who won Top Golf, and where did you guys get barbecue? My daughter Madison won in our group, uh, and uh, I finished last. Um, Howard which, Mudd you know, somewhere is is is, is nodding along. He, is it? He's <laughs> definitely going. That he goes that track. Uh, that's what Howard. That's what Coach Mudd is saying right now. That tracks. Um, and uh, you know we. Uh, we had we had a great time, great fun at at Top Golf, and uh, you know watching some of these guys swings. I mean, some of these guys, boy, they they must play a lot more golf than I do, Jeff, or, or I'm just a lineman. I don't know what it is, but we have no Grunny. I know Tim Grunhard has a fantastic golf swing. He's got great touch around the greens. Um, he's very athletic, um, but he was not there at Top Golf. Uh, but we did get to hang out and and share some jokes uh and some and some laughs at the uh, at the alumni event but uh so you said to so top golf i didn't win bar and the, your barbecue the other really hard and barbecue so so we uh we did um q39 oh that's so we did q39 my, you know my kids you know my daughters it's been a while since they were back they they they've been there when they were we took them there when they were 3 we took them there when they were 8 so it's so they both this is only the third time they've been there. So they didn't really remember much about when they were eight years old and um <clears throat> and went back. So we took them to Q39 and then we went to Joe's. Oh, good call for both. Q39 is um, you know, Andy Reid loves that place. When when Brett Favre, they had a segment a couple years ago when Brett Favre came in to meet Mahomes and Reed, because you know, uh Reed is coaching both and he he feels understandably there's a lot of parallels a lot of similarities between the two quarterbacks that's where they all went was uh q39 yeah. uh so joe uh before we get on to um the the current chiefs I, i'm curious you know you you told a cool story that last time not only did you get to meet your former teammates you know and it sounds like you did this time you got to hang out with crony and will shields brian barker guys like that but last time you got to meet the Dentari Poe, you know, a more recent chief, any, any player kind of new chiefs or more current players you might've met for the, the first time that you got to. Yeah. Well, I got to spend a significant amount of time with Dante Hall, which was great. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, so we got, to, and, and Sylvester Morris, who was kind of oh, his yeah. met, like mentor brought him along because, mm -hmm. you know, Dante told the story about how, you know, Sylvester was a first round pick. He was big time, you know, mm -hmm. and how, when when Dante slept at his house when he was a rookie, because Dante didn't want to rent anything or buy, he didn't think he was going to even make the team. Yeah. And he said, you know, the love that he has for Sylvester Morris and how good of a person Sylvester Morris is really just made me want to meet those two guys. And and so I got to spend some time with Sylvester and um and with uh, and with Dante. And, and and that to me was really like that was really cool, right? To get to spend time with the Hall of Fame honoree who I'd never met before, right? I mean, only That's seen cool. him and I you know, I, and I remember very well watching those games, you know, watching that human joystick out there making things happen. And, um, you know, that was that was really cool. Oh, and I got to run in, and I ran into Coach Saunders, Al Saunders. Who, oh, he, what a great coach. What a oh, phenomenal just offensive Unbelievable line. human being. So we got to we got to share the story. And, I, and he didn't know this, believe it or not. We, we had never, never uh, shared the story of he's the reason why. We announced why it was announced on the Thursday night edition of Monday Night Football that that Jennifer and I were having triplets. So so my no one, Jeff, in my entire family knew mm -hmm. that we were even pregnant, let alone having triplets, mm -hmm. except for Jen's mom, because Jen had had 
a really troubled pregnancy from the uh-huh. from the get go. So we didn't tell anybody. But I had talked to Coach Saunders about the possibility of leaving training camp mm. and coming home to be with Jen because she was probably going to be getting admitted to the hospital relatively mm. soon, right before I got released by Kansas City. And I, I had, I had, I had, because I really trusted Coach Saunders to ask mm-hmm. his opinion if, like, Coach Schottenheimer would let me leave training camp for a little mm-hmm. bit, go be with Jen. And he's like, "Of course, dude." He's like, "Family first. Mm-hmm. So, I forgot to tell him not to say anything on why <laughs> I needed to go home and see Jen because I told him that she was having trouble pregnancy yeah. and that we were actually having triplets because he had asked, "Why, you know, why is yeah. everything going awry?" Yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, Jen's watching the game with a bunch of. Uh, you know, Chiefs family that she had over to our house while we were in Chicago. And Lynn Swan announces that we're having triplets and that <laughs> Jen is 12 weeks pregnant with triplets. And uh, Coach Saunders had actually told Lynn Swan. <laughs> and, and, and they during announced like that. A, produ- like during a production meeting or something, he told him, you think? Like, I, it must have been so- something, Jeff. Somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, Lynn Swan found out from Coach Saunders. Uh, we were having triplets, and next thing you know, I have 37 voice messages on my <laughs> old block cell phone from oh, not from friends and family, from Jen. Yeah. Because she was like, What yeah. happened? Like, like <laughs> I get back to the lock because I had an old brick. This is 1990, what 1996, right? Uh, so I had like a brick, one of those like brick cell phones, you know. And I get back to the locker room and it's in my duffel bag, right? And I pull my duffel bag out and there's 37 messages. I'm like, what is going on? I thought something had gone wrong. And it was Jen calling me 37 times to tell me, ask me what the heck I just did and how that, and how, because her phone blew up. Because no one in my entire family knew, my family or her family, except for her mom, was the only people that knew. So, and only did they find out. She was pregnant, but pregnant with three. <laughs> That's tripling the um, – and how, how cool, Joe, to bring it full circle that you got to see Coach Saunders and you got to see him with the – with your triplets all grown up. So very cool. And that's exactly what we did. I introduced them to them and I said, well, coach Saunders, here's the triplets that you, uh, you and Lynn Swan had the pleasure of announcing on Monday night football that we were, that we were, it was happening. That's so cool. Well, the last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week and bet online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with MLB postseason, including uh, Joe's Phillies, hopefully moving on. NFL and college and NHL in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, treads, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online site today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Joe, before we uh, preview this week's uh, weekend's match. I have to talk a little bit about uh, the game that you saw. I heard on your 810 radio spot, which you do every Tuesday morning, encourage listeners to check it out. But I heard that also one of my favorite players back in the day, uh, Steve DeBerg was there and he was, he's always been a character. Any good DeBerg stories from when you, when you saw him? Oh, well, you know, I, I had to bring up the fact that, and, and I wanted to ask him if he remembers that when I was uh, a rookie, in 1991 fans who've been out to arrowhead you know and and in this day and age you would never imagine an nfl team would have to do this but if you've been to arrowhead 
you know that there's the stadium. And then I don't even know the distance, a mile, a half a mile, however, however far it is across the parking lot is the chief's practice facility, right? It's an indoor warehouse shaped building with now a huge football offices. It's a four story glass building next to the practice fields. And back then when, when I was here, it was just the practice field and a small locker room and weight room, right? Mm-hmm. So we lived at the stadium. Like we we practiced at the stadium. Um, some days we, lit, we uh, got dressed at the stadium. We had treatment at the stadium. Like everything happened at the stadium. Classrooms were at the stadium, the coaches' offices. And we just, we used to have to drive to the practice facility in cars, in our cars, dressed in our mm-hmm. uniforms. In our cars. It was great. Crazy. So some guys who had pickup trucks would would just be like, hey, pile in. We'll just drive over together. Right. So most most days I would drive over with Tracy Rogers, one of our linebackers. And one day I was sitting in the back of the pickup truck with Steve DeBerg. And we had gotten to know each other at training camp, right? A little bit here and there. And, you know, you're still getting to know your players when you're a rookie and everything. Mm And I'm just looking at them. And I got so awestruck sitting in the back of the pickup truck with him when I was when I was a rookie driving over to practice one day in September remember I was looking at him and I said Steve I said did you know that I was in second grade when you started playing in the NFL <laughs> sure he <laughs> loved that yeah. Oh, he was like, yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. Now I feel really good about going to practice, right? But what <laughs> what was we laughed about that on, on Sunday because he said that when he went to Tampa Bay after the Chiefs, and I guess, you know, Steve played until he was in his mid-40s. Like, yeah, he was like, before Tom Brady, he was one of, I think Warren Moon was up there, but he was one of the oldest quarterbacks to start a game in the yeah. history of the NFL. Like, he had a yeah. super nice long uh, career going into his 40s. So he said, Joe, he goes, I had a similar experience when I was, I guess it was Tampa, right? Where he yeah, I think he ended up. in Tampa. He said, when I was in Tampa, he said, there was a guy, a tight end on the team that wasn't born when he started playing in the NFL. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what the one kid said to him. The tight end said, oh, man, Steve, when did you start playing in the NFL? And he said the year. And he goes, do, do you know that I wasn't even born? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, oh, rat. And he's like, Joe, I can't believe it happened to me again. So. And, and oh, and Steve, and Steve, here's another Steve. Steve is such a great guy. He he was telling me how he goes. You know, you gotta love people. He goes, I have I have my faith in humanity is restored. He left a brand new iPad on the plane flying uh-huh. into Kansas City for the game, and he goes to to Will's Top Golf event, mm-hmm. and and he realizes that he had lost it, and he called the airport. And they had it for him, and they saved it for him, and he went back and he went back and got it after the Top Golf event. Oh man, so, that, that is impressive. Yeah. You think so? That's good to know. There's, uh, I'm sure it was probably somebody a Midwestern folk flying in for a Chiefs game. That's the kind of yep, thing. probably. And because he said, you know, he said he said Joe. He goes, I because I, I saw him on Sunday. He goes, oh, sorry, I didn't get to to hang out with you guys for too long at the Top Golf thing. I had to go get my. I had to get my iPad, so he told me the story. But yeah, Steve, Steve's a great, great guy, guy and kind of fun. And you know, one of my favorite Steve DeBerg stories, Jeff. He um, I'll never forget on Halloween, he wanted to um, he wanted to actually go out on the field during a Halloween game with a with a Jason goalie mask on. Uh-huh. 
and Coach Schottenheimer wouldn't let him. He caught he <laughs> caught him running out on the field because he start he ran out onto the field. We were we were going out to do the victory formation, mm-hmm. so th- we had already won the game, and, and he's running he's out on the field, and Coach uh, Schottenheimer says, "Steve, I need you for something." And he Coach Schottenheimer didn't know he had the mask on, and he, he so he had his he had his face away from Coach Schottenheimer. And Coach Hottenheimer kept calling him back, and he, and he kept waving him off. No, I got it, Coach. Victory formation. I got it. And he's like, no, Steve, I need you. Come here. I need to tell you something. And he turns around, and he's got the Jason mask on, and Coach Schottenheimer lost it. He's like, get that off. Take that off. <laughs> so, yeah, Steve was all about fun. He loved Halloween, too. He was, he was a huge Halloween fan. And what a timely story with Halloween around the corner. Uh, Joe, I wanted, as far as – the Chargers will gloss over this game, but I, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back here. There were two players we said to watch. I said to watch Mike Dana, Mike Dana, excuse me, who who is having a really good year in a contract year, and yeah. he is really good against the Chargers. He had his fifth. He's played four years, and this is his fifth sack against the Chargers for a guy that you know doesn't always in much of his career has not started. The guy you said to watch was Charles Amenahu. Boy, did that guy have a debut! He batted a pass that led to kind of the game-changing interception by Snead. You know, yeah. the Chargers were driving, um, and they did come close to sco- scoring after that. And he also had a snacks. He also had a sack, not a snack. He had a snack. Well, he probably had some snacks too. But. <laughs> he probably, yeah. He was a pretty big guy. He he showed his legs, so you know he's got to have a lot of protein to to fill that that large frame. But Joe, uh, yeah. So this team already, you know. It's funny. I, I thought the 49ers early in the season were looking like the best team in football. They've now lo- lost two in a row. God, I really think the Chiefs are now the best team. I mean, they lost one game, which was real fluky. I mean, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, two of the best players in play. Kadarius Tony had, you know, kind of an unthinkable game that I can't imagine would happen again. And they lost to a very good Detroit Lions team. Now this Chiefs team adds Amenahu, you know, look out. Yeah, no, I agree with you, buddy. I I, I think he's I think he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a nice uh, to use a, a Dante Hall term, he's gonna be an X factor, I think, for this defense. <laughs> if, if they can if they can learn, you know, the, and, and Coach Baggs learns the right way to use them. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about Mike Dana too. I I, I you, you nailed that one, but I think we nailed the scores too. I had I had 27-10. Is my prediction, and it was it was thirty one seventeen. So it was just like basically one less score per team, but about even on the spread. Um, so I was I'm excited. I was excited about that. I, I, as I was watching the game, I was trying to remember. I, I always keep a notepad when we do the pod. I write down all the scores that I you know that you mm-hmm. and I predict. And and I was thinking as as the game was going, I was like, I think I think my little notepad is going to be pretty close. And, uh, and it was so funny because then we go watch the Eagles game and they win by the same exact score. score. Yeah, yeah. 17 against the I Dolphins. Know. And that was a big win. And, and and I'll tell you, Jeff, one of the funniest things I was thinking about you, and, and it just got so crazy. I wanted to text you while it was going on, but it was just such a whirlwind of a day. But Jen is sitting, we were sitting next to each other for most of the game and standing, I should say. I don't I don't think of the four and a half hours that I was at that game, I think I sat for 15 minutes for mm-hmm. the entire game. Because we we were you know, we had the big event for Dante up in the club suite, but then Jen and I and the family, we love being in 
the actually the the, like I don't, so I, don't have, yeah, right. I don't particularly like watching games in in suites to be honest mm-hmm. no offense to anybody who listens who has suites they're really fun and i do but i love being out and there. we do have a lot of listeners who who have suites the uh yeah. the socioeconomic stats for this pod are, are really yes. you know, we have we have some high rollers who listen to this yeah. pod but I, um, we were we were sitting right on like the forty five yard line. We had fantastic seats. First thing Jen says to me is, "Why do they never call Juwan Taylor offsides?" First thing she said to me, she picked she picked up on it right away. Because when you're at the game and you're on the fifty yard line and and the, and the and the team's going by you like offensively, right? And and you see them like very even. She's like, she said to me, she said, "Joe, why don't they call that?" I said, "Well, you know, they have been." He was doing it again. Like really? he was Yeah. And it was so obvious during the game. And now Jen knows football. I'm not trying to pull the whole female yeah, yeah, card yeah. thing. She really knows football. So it wasn't like she was being totally naive about it or anything. She she really knows the game. But she was like, she's like, he's like jumping every time. And and I started then I started to watch him. Like, you know what? He kind of is. It's almost like they've stopped calling it though. It's so weird. Because huh. I don't think he's doing, I don't think he was doing anything different in this game. Than he had done in the past, and they didn't didn't even think about blowing the whistle on. You him. know, I think that's on the Chargers coaching staff. If I, you know, like I, I would think the opponent, if I'm the opposing coach, you're in the the reps here before the game, during the game. You're like, watch, you know, he's been going offside, you know. And who's to say maybe they didn't? But you would think you keep emphasizing. You mentioned how that was something you know Coach Schottenheimer used to do that he'd always remind the refs about those type of things you know to get yeah but very, very interesting to hear that Joe um, yeah so, so you watched it sounds like you watched some of it like your the seats that you you got through the Chiefs some of it through that club suite with Dante Hall and some of it uh in at Eric Stone Street suite no, like. no we actually we watched the whole game from the stands we yeah. we we went we had Dante's Dante's um uh the kickoff was at 325 Central Time. The, the Dante celebration ended around 2.30. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. And then we took a quick run up to to Eric's suite, and we spent about a half an hour with him before kickoff. And then at about 3.10, 3.15, we, we headed down to our seats um, right underneath Taylor Swift. So I knew we had, to, <laughs> we had to mention that. We had to bring it up. So my daughters were very excited. Jen was very excited. We got to see Taylor. Got some great pictures. She photobombed a, a picture of us. Um, so <laughs> we were we were taking a selfie. My daughter was at the end of the end of the row that she was taking a selfie of us at the game. And it, and and if you zoom in on the picture, you could see Taylor leaning out the window. Oh, she was that is cool. That Obviously is not cool. photobombing, but my daughter, of course, posted on Instagram. Hey, look, Taylor Swift just photobombed our our picture. Um, that that yeah, is so, awesome. That is hilarious. So yeah, so we had we had a lot of fun with that, and everybody. I'm telling you, every time every time Travis did something, the all the whole section around there turned and looked up. It was crazy. It was so funny, and uh, you you couldn't imagine the number of people that we 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 were going to start counting them. The number of people taking pictures of Taylor Swift in, in the suite, like turned around taking pictures. It was, it was really funny, but it was a nice, it was a nice distraction for the game and, and, and all in, all in good fun. That's a great story. Uh, Joe, moving on to this weekend's game, Sunday's game, the chiefs are going for 17 in a row versus the Denver Broncos. Joe, the, the chiefs are so much better than the Denver Broncos game. The Denver Broncos, I think they win. I think it's actually going to be a little bit tough though. I think it's going to be a, a tough game. It's a divisional game. I think this is a trap game. You know, they uh, beat the Chargers, who are the more talented team. Then they have to go to Germany 
to play the, the really talented Dolphins and Tyreek Hill and then a bye week. This is classic trap game. And I also think it's a little tough to play an opponent twice in three weeks. Joe, do you well, agree? Uh, yeah, it's definitely tough. It's tough to play them in that short space. It's t- tough enough to beat a team twice during the season, no matter how mm-hmm. good or bad either team is, mm-hmm. right? It's still hard to beat somebody twice. This is the NFL. All the players are good. All the coaches are good. Um, but to, to condense it within three weeks is makes it even weirder and even harder to do. Um, plus, I think compounding the fact, compounding the issue, Jeff, is I think this Broncos team is literally on its last leg. Like this mm-hmm. is a last ditch effort for Sean Payton. He's got some digging out to do, right? He had that mm-hmm. rough thing with Nathaniel Hackett, right? He, 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 you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, come off well out of retirement to coach the Broncos. And then he makes that Nathaniel Hackett comment. And mm-hmm. it's just, he just didn't start out well. And then, and then, th- and then this dumpster fire of a team happens, the huge signing of, I mean, there have been so many stats and data about like how much they gave up for both Sean Payton and for Russell Wilson. And, and look, and this is where they are, right? I don't have any of that at my fingertips at this point, but I know there's a lot of weird internet stuff going around where it's like, you know, the team has spent X millions of dollars and mm-hmm. this is the team they have, right? And they've given up so much to have these two guys, right? One at quarterback and one at coach. And I just think they're at their back is so against the wall right now. So they're going to be desperate and they're going to try, they're going to pull out all the stops to try to salvage, you know, some dignity out of the season and to, to do it against the chiefs at home at mile high, obviously could be a little bit of redemption. So I agree with you. I I, I think it's not going to be easy. I, there's something, though, telling me – I want to get my score prediction out there. Something telling me this game's going to end up like 28-6. to six. I think the Broncos are going to put up a fight, but I think, I think Andy's going to want to have this team fine-tuned for this game so that they can get ready for Miami. they got a big trip coming up to Germany. they got the bye week, and then they got the Eagles, right? And, 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 you know, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the chiefs being the best team in the NFL, you got to look at the, at what the Eagles, that was a big test for the Eagles this week. Mm-hmm. I, I was very, you know, as a, as a, as a, as an Eagles fan too, growing up here in Philly, like I was happy with that win because I didn't think that the Eagles team was, was that good this year until I watched them play uh, this Sunday. I, I, I see what they have now. AJ Brown is, is, is fantastic. Their line is playing well. Their defense looked really good against the Dolphins. So, and much like the Chiefs, I mean, they've been kind of sluggish at times. Yes, good word. Six, six and one is six and one. I mean, like, like it just shows you the Monday night game. You know, the Vikings without Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison was gone. Some time beat the Niners. I mean, beating anybody, beating anybody on the road at home, it's tough in the NFL to go six and one. Um, Joe, I'm I'm going. You know, I, I think it's going to be a dogfight Sunday. I'm going Chiefs uh, 2016 over the Broncos. And, uh, you know, the the other thing to watch is I I, I think the Broncos, again, I, I just think the talent disparity is too strong for the, 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 for the Broncos to win. But they, I think they've actually gotten better the last couple of weeks. They, their defense looked very good against the Chiefs. They beat, you know, the Packers aren't a great team this year. They still beat the Packers, so they're coming mm-hmm. off two kind of solid performances. And I'm curious to see what goes on with the um they actually have a couple good 
backs. They have Laughlin. They have uh, Javante Williams, who's getting yeah. healthier. They have uh, Samaje P. Ryan. And the Chiefs have shown – look, the Chiefs' defense is looking amazing, and that's the story of this year, that they have this good a defense to go along with Mahomes. The run defense, I want to check that out. There were a couple cracks against the Chargers. Uh, I want to see if I'm expecting the Broncos to try and try and have some success there. Yeah, I, 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 I Jeff, I, I agree with you, man. I, I, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. This is going to be a dogfight. You know, you, you talk about it all the time, right, on, on our pod. Sometimes it's the team that needs it more. Um, you know, sometimes it's the team that has more to win or more to lose. Right. And I just think this this Broncos team has so much to lose. Yeah. If they don't pull this out, because they've got a heck of a schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they got after after this game, they've got Buffalo, Minnesota, who we know is one of the best bad teams in the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, who puts up a fight every time. Then they've got the Chargers twice. They've got Detroit. Wow. Like this this this, this Broncos team, if they don't win this game and salvage something, it. It's gonna get good go off. Yeah, they may yeah. not win another if mm-hmm. they don't if they don't do something against Kansas City or Buffalo. They may not win another game, and and I think you know that's that's what I'm that's my fear is 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 I'm gonna pull the Jeff Fedotin theory that you know sometimes it's it's the team puts up the best fight that that has the most to lose or or, or and not even sometimes the most to gain. Well said. Well, I quickly say it's well said because anytime oh, that's your my theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bat Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Go Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.